parents or we'll make the khidmat and appease our conscience we did something. So likewise, we serve our parents or we'll make the khidmat and appease our conscience we did something. So likewise, we sometimes appease our conscience one day in the year, a few days in the year, discussed the Mubarak life of Rasulullah we spoke about his great qualities, etc. And we've appeased our conscience, we've done our duty, and the rest of the year we can do what we wish. So that is a very great disservice to Rasulullah As far as his seerat is concerned, this should be a part and parcel of our daily life. His discussion should be a part of every day of our life. And every day we should be getting closer to him. And unfortunately because we are not very very familiar with what Allah Taala blessed him with, we find our hearts getting distracted in other directions. Whether it was physically what Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with, that was the Kamal and the peak. Hazrat Anas he explains in one riwayat that Wama Masistu di Bajan Wala Hariran Al Yanamin Kafi Rasulillahi I never ever touched any silk which was more softer than the Mubarak palm of Rasulullah. That I never ever smelt any fragrance that was I never smelt any fragrance that was more fragrant than the natural fragrance of the body of Rasulullah. The fragrance of his perspiration. Once Nabi Salaam was resting on a hot day and he was perspiring, he suddenly woke up and as Umm Salama was collecting the perspiration from his Mubarak body. Asked him, What are you doing? He said, No, I'm collecting the perspiration. He says, We add this to our perfume, there's nothing more sweeter smelling than the fragrance of your perspiration. Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with this Kamal even in his physical self. Hazrat Hassan bin Sabit Adlanho's very famous poem, which he sums up everything. That more beautiful than you, my eyes were seen. More handsome than you, no mother has ever given birth to. You have been created free from every blemish, every defect. Every deficiency, you are free from it. As if you were created the way you wished. How you desired to be created, you were created. So this was the summary of the whole thing. So Allah had blessed him with this kamal. Now nowadays, we find that people are attracted by what they think to be some kamal, some achievement somewhere, or somebody seems to be on some falling star somewhere. So now they go to follow him. Because they found something attractive in him. The attraction is in Nabi Sallallahu The greatest attraction Allah Ta'ala had given to none other than Nabi Sallallahu But we hadn't known about it. Hazrat Jabir radiallahu ta'ala says that fi idhiyan. I once came out on a moonlit night. The 14th moon was shining. And then suddenly says, I see Nabi Sallallahu so I started looking. فَجَعَلْتُ أَنْزُرُ إِلَيْهِ وَإِلَى الْقَمَرِ I would look at Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then I would turn and look at the moon. And then again I would look at Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and again I would look at the moon. 
And then finally I had to come to the decision, which was my decision in any case, فَلَهُوَ أَحْسَنُ عِنْدِي مِنَ الْقَمَرِ That indeed Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was more handsome than the moon also. So the kamal Allah Ta'ala had given him to the, in every respect. So the attraction is in Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Where we went away elsewhere, where did we find the attraction in the falling stars and people who don't even have iman? So whether it was his physical self, Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with this kamal. Whether it was his akhlaq, because this is what adorns a person. Sometimes a person wants to adorn himself, so he's got one chain on his neck, and one another bangle or something on his hand, and then he's got some whole lot of rings on his fingers, and then he's wearing the most fancy kind of glasses, and then he's got the best designer outfit that he's wearing, and all this is what? To try and adorn himself, so he should look good. But, sometimes, that person now got married, and he barely... In a day or two now, both parties want to go their own way. Why? Because all the external adornments were there, the internal adornments were all gone. There was nothing there. So the external adornments is only on the surface. And it will last for a moment. Sometimes as soon as the person opens his mouth, all the adornment is gone. Because the way he spoke, in such a disrespectful way, finish, all the adornment over. So, the external adornments carries no value. Wearing some designer outfit doesn't make anybody better. But the internal adornments, the adornments of akhlaq, the adornments of good character, which includes all the various qualities that Nabi Salaam had. He had the highest adornment. The greatest adornment Allah wa ta'ala exclaims it in the Quran Sharif, وَإِنَّكَ لَا عَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ That you are on the highest level of akhlaq. خُلُقِ عَظِيمٍ One is akhlaqi hasana. Akhlaqi hasana, good character first level, is that a person does not commit any excess upon anybody else. That is the first level of akhlaq. That he doesn't commit any excess on anyone doesn't speak to anyone in a way that will hurt the person's feelings or make ghibat of anyone or usurp somebody's property or hit somebody wrongfully or do anything that will commit any excess. That's the first level of akhlaq. That's the minimum level of akhlaq. The second level of akhlaq, akhlaq karima. The first level of akhlaq, he doesn't commit excess. And this level of akhlaq, was compulsory on the Yahud. Al-Aynu bil-Ayn. Inna nafsa bin nafsi wal-Ayna bil-Ayn. An eye for an eye. No excess. Somebody has done some harm to you, then you can, to that extent only, if you want to take your revenge back, bus, that's all. One inch more, you'll become the Zalim. So that is stay in its place, but that was the first level still. Then the second level was akhlaq karima. That if you can, you must forgive person can, should forgive. And generally this was, the Nasara were given this. The Shariat of Isa wasalam, this was there, that should adopt akhlaq karima That somebody has committed some excess on you, you forgive it. So the first level is still there, 
that a person has that right, that exactly to that extent that he was harmed, he takes that back. But the second level is akhlaq karima that he forgives. But then came the greatest Nabi of Allah wa ta'ala, and the greatest deen, and the greatest sharia, and the most sublime way of life. And that sublime way of life came with akhlaq azima وَإِنَّكَ لَا عَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ When you're on the highest pedestal of akhlaq, that let alone just taking back what has taken away, or just forgiving, one step beyond forgiving, that the ill treatment is returned with good treatment. The person's bad behavior was returned with good character. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the occasion of Uhud there was a little misunderstanding some mistake some sahaba made and the mistake was something that resulted in a very severe consequence that 70 sahaba became shaheed can we imagine 70 sahaba in one day giants in every aspect and in one day 70 people lost their lives Nabi Islam was naturally very grieved over this. Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala now reveals the ayat. What ayat comes? That fine, whatever happened, happened. First, anhum, Forgive them. Those who made the mistake, it was a misunderstanding, your instruction was clear. But nevertheless, they made a mistake. anhum, Forgive them. Not only forgive them, wastaghfir lahum. Then even make dua for them. Forgive them, make dua for them. <laughs> this dua, this is a little diversion from our topic, but this is an extremely great thing which we take for granted. Which we don't give it the importance that it should be given. Now this particular ayat of the Quran Sharif, where there was a mistake from some deep, Direction and now forgiveness is being taught together with that forgiveness, make dua for that person. In time, in life, this happens from time to time. Something or the other happens. Sometimes between brothers and sisters, sometimes between parents and children, sometimes between friends, between associates, whoever, wherever. These things happen in life. And as a result, because of some misunderstanding, whatever, the hearts are now in different directions. The person doesn't want to see one another. Dua is such an effective thing that it cleans the heart out with regards to everybody. All the dirt for anyone, it cleans it up. That a person starts genuinely, sincerely making dua for the person who his heart is disinclined towards. He has a problem with somebody, make dua for that person. Raise your hands in your private moments. And from the depth of the heart, make dua for him. One person recently was advised with this. There was some problem. The person was advised that make dua. He said, look, I can do everything in the world, I can't make dua for that person. Tell me to do anything else, I won't be able to make dua for him. So Then he was told, that reflect upon this. Why can't you make dua for the person? What is the reason? Dua is a means of bringing the person closer to Allah Ta'ala. You want him to be far away from Allah Ta'ala? 
Dua is a way to bring the person to Jannat. You want him to be in Jahannam? Dua is the way to bring the person closer to Nabi Wasallam. You want Nabi Wasallam to get taklif from him? One Buzrug, one day, somebody didn't know who he was. Ibrahim bin Adam rahmatullahi And one soldier mistook him for somebody, whatever, long incident, and he assaulted him very seriously. Any case, later on, just to cut the long story short, he realized who he assaulted. So he came quickly to ask for maaf. He said, please forgive me. Said, I forgave you before the second blow came, I'd forgiven the first. Before the second blow came, I'd forgiven the first. Because I didn't want that on the day of Qiyamah, that an ummati of Nabi Wasallam will come in that condition that now he will still be a zalim. And as a result, Allah's Nabi Sallallahu will get taklif that my ummati was a zalim. So I forgave you beforehand so that Nabi Sallallahu doesn't get the taklif. Now this is the way of thinking. This is a mindset. So in any case, the thing we were discussing was that one was, so now this dua, to make dua for the person. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is to be told, anhum, forgive them. وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ not only that, وَشَاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ Bring them close. Include them in the mashwara. Include them in the consultation. So that their hearts feel consoled. That no, we are back. We are here. We are not being regarded as those who have committed a mistake, etc. We are part of the close ones again. That ihsan. On top of that ihsan as well. So Nabi Islam also taught this. سِلْمَنْ قَطَعَكْ وَعْفُ عَمَّنْ ظَلَمَكْ Join ties with the one who cuts off ties from you. Forgive the one who has oppressed you. Return the bad treatment of somebody with good treatment. This was akhlaq azima. The first level of akhlaq was akhlaq hasana. The person just an eye for an eye kind of situation, but he doesn't commit any excess. The second was to forgive. Akhlaq karima. But then on top of that is akhlaq azima. That on top of the forgiveness, he then goes ahead and makes ihsan. This is the akhlaq that Nabi Islam had. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala blessed him physically, blessed him spiritually with the highest, blessed him with the greatest inner adornments, with the best akhlaq. And as a result, Nabi Islam reached the pinnacle. At the time of Mi'raj, Jibreel wasalam, came up to Sidratul Muntaha. And he said, this is it. I can't go beyond this. Beyond this is only for you. You will go alone from here. I cannot go one step further from here. Otherwise, I'll burn to ashes. So Nabi Islam had reached that pinnacle. Part of it was his akhlaq. So now in this discussions of the seerat of Rasulullah the issue is that how much have we 